0: And I want you to see from verse number 1 and to, to verse number 6. Just follow with your eyes. I will read these verses. <coughs> follow with your eyes. The Bible says in Judges chapter 6 verse number 1, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the, ha- and the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them dead, the dens, uh, which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them and they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou cam, um, come unto Gaza and left um no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor ass. Um, for they came up with their cattle and with their tents, and they came up as grasshoppers for multitude, for both um, they and their camels were without number, and they entered into that into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and brought you forth out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all that oppressed you, and drained them out from before you, and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. And there came an angel um, of the Lord and sat under an oak which was in Oprah, that pertained unto Jewish the Abiezrite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord uh, be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us all, saying, Did not the, the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said "And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Verse 16, And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites. As One man, let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for uh, this passage of scripture this morning. I pray that you will bless us as we continue, Lord. I pray that you will speak to our hearts clear, Lord, of whatever things that you can see uh, that will hinder your blessing upon us this morning. Help us that you may understand the principles of your word. Bless, Lord, your people. Thank you for the faithfulness of these uh, uh, men and women. And for the young children, young people, Lord, that have come for this morning service, I pray, oh God, that you'll be honored and your name will be exalted in our midst. Bless all of us with all um, spiritual blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please visit it. This title, uh, this is entitled The Courage of Faith of Gideon. Gideon here um, is our topic, and it's not really um, a good introduction, as you can see, um, in the way which the writer introduced this man in the book of Hebrews, uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32, and again, you can see, uh, this is similar to the concluding verse of the book of John chapter 21, verse 25, where it's just, you know, uh, to close the, the the book there of the book of John, but you also, uh, as we learn and understand, uh, his situation. He was he was the fifth judge of Israel when he was first introduced. Um, and again, we can see the, a very very sad picture of him uh, as an introduction. And you can see in verse number eleven how how uh, uh, sad it is. Uh, very inferior uh, in you know stature if we can see the, the introduction of um, Gideon in verse number 11. Take a look at verse number 11, chapter 6 of Hebrews, I mean Judges. It says, And there came an angel of the Lord, and sat under an oak, which one uh, which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abias right, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the wine press, and take notice of the next phrase, to hide it. From the Midianites. And to think that the, the angel was calling him mighty man of valor. Where is the courage here of Gideon? But you know, in, in his own eyes, Gideon was not really that courageous. And But in the eyes of the Lord, God sees in the man. God sees in the man that courage that he's looking for in every person. And his, God is looking upon each one of us. And he's looking not by your own view of your own self, but God has His view in yourself. Right here, God sees the heart of Gideon. He feared the Midianites. He feared the Amalekites. Again, these people are mean. They are they are uh, bullies. They are uh, they just they just come to to uh, cause damage. To the people of God, and that's their joy. That's their accomplishment in life. If they can see a Hebrew person suffer or in whatever whatever um, uh, calamity, they will enjoy looking at the Israelite people being plundered. And they plundered uh, Israel's um, um, you know uh, treasury, their their flocks and their herbs. and their produce. They will just they will just be destroyed, and they love destroying them. Verse number four. Um, Judges chapter 6 verse number 4 And they come against them And destroy the increase of the earth The Israelite people They will plant whatever they will plant And time, time comes that It's nearly the time for harvest They will come and just come out And destroy the crops It's so mean The people around them were so mean they, they were such a bully. They were such a, you know, a mean people. They had no mercy. They had, no, they had not even the slightest of respect to these people of God. And and they find it a delight when they see them suffered uh, in calamity. So Gideon, in this moment, was engaged in the, you know, livelihood just to feed for their families, for feed for his children, feed his. Perhaps, uh, you know, uh, his, his um, entire household is a very, uh, you know, simple man. He has no, perhaps, ambition in the future to be the leader. it's not that. He's not, he's not uh, putting that in his mind, uh, what's going to be um, in the future. But what he wants in his life is to provide... Food for their children is to, um, to to provide food for his family, and I believe that is every man's desire. That is every father uh, in our church uh, desire to provide for their children, provide a good, you know, life for their children. We want our children to um, to experience um, joy in the future or a uh, security in the future. We don't want our children to experience what hardship we have experienced. And that is always in our heart to make our children, you know, um, go to the top. And we, we we help them to rise to the top because that is the love of a father towards your children. And that is natural. And I will tell you, my friend, Gideon is also the same. He loves his family. That's why he, he doesn't want to fight. He doesn't want to engage in 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 quarrel or whatever, that's why he 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 dressed by the white breast, and the purpose is to hide it, to hide. He doesn't want trouble. He he just wants to work. He just wants food for his children. To hide it from the Midianite, but because he feared these people too, they are mean. They are real. They are they are uh, a threat to their livelihood. And we have no mercy whatsoever. And suddenly, upon this uh, scenario here, we can see the angel of the Lord appeared to him and revealed to him something. Whoa, what's this? He re- the angel revealed the fact that he was to be the deliverer of the people of God. And he said here in verse number 12. Verse number 12. Take a look at verse number 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us all? saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. He said, And the Lord looked upon him and said, said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And notice verse number 15. And he said unto him, "Oh my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my father, my family is poor in Manasseh, and uh, and I am the least in my father's house. The Lord doesn't want to engage with this talk. In verse number 16, the Lord will just confirm it. The Lord confirmed it to Gideon and the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee. Wow. This is an assurance that every person, every servant of God, this is an assurance every man of God is waiting, that the assurance of God's favor will be with us. Because one person plus God with him, it's about the majority. I will yeah. know that.
1: Yeah.
0: Nothing's stopping God. No one can stop God. Yeah. If God will work a miracle, and it is a great thing, and it will be for the joy of God's people. When there is, um, you know, revival that will take place, and that will happen in the lives of the people of God. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And the Lord will, will make it happen. And I, again, here you can see the great trouble, the great distress which had befallen upon God's people. And, and again, why, why did the Lord allow these things to happen? And in fact, that is also the question of Gideon. But the answer to that, we know already because of the, you know, uh, uh, the, the fecal heart of Israelite people. Sometimes they're up, sometimes they're down. Spiritually, they're up, sometimes, spiritually, they're down. And in, in this moment, you know, uh, perhaps they're spiritually up because they're going to be uh, rescued by God. But there were times that they were very. Uh, when, the, when the people of God become become rich, and that is the lowest point of their spirituality. And when, when they are impoverished, when they are at the lowest point of their material things, sometimes that is the highest point of their spirituality it's like you know in the balance it's like uh, the corresponding um, uh, up and down when when they are materially rich they are spiritually low they are materially high spiritually low and when they are spiritually low so it goes like that and it's always like, a uh, roller coaster in the in the life of these uh, people of God, and again, it is because the Lord scolded these people in verse number one. Notice verse number one. This is the reason why the Lord allowed the Midianites to uh, to oppress them, and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Why? Things happen to this God's people. I will tell you, my friend, because God was hurt. If you begin to to purpose in your heart to hurt God, I will tell you, I will tell you, you better not even imagine it. Because people, when they begin to hurt God, then the Lord for sure will forsake. And once the Lord will forsake, the Lord will not, you know, punish you. It is the devil, the protection of God. The Lord is lifted and the devil will come in and will wreck havoc in your life. Why we are well today? Because the Lord is putting fence around us. The Lord is placing this, we call this, you know, uh, you know. Uh, uh, they, they put this fence so that the enemy from outside cannot come in. But if you hurt the Lord, if you if you disobey God, you know, God, what we, what he what he's going to do is remove he will remove the fence and then all the bad elements from outside will come in and that is where the problem and then you will cry god for help that's exactly what happened to these people because he had forsaken the lord and had done evil in his sight and that is what happened and we'll learn this from verse number one if you read that to verse number 13 you will find out why problems like this happen. And you see, and when in the time of their distress, when they are so distressed, they will cry unto the Lord. And that's in verse number 6. Notice verse number 6. And Israel was greatly impoverished. When you say impoverished, it's bad. That is bad already. They are impoverished. That means they cannot eat three times a day. They have no milk for their children. They have no food for their young ones. They have no stores there. there there's money cannot, cannot be used. There's no food to buy. And sometimes they have no money to buy and there's no food to buy. That is very bad. They are impoverished. In other words, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a time of a life of a person that when you open the pantry, there's nothing there. There's nothing. When you open the fridge, there is none. And it's time, you know, that they, they, they lack everything. They're impoverished. And now, my friend, notice here, this is not just um, a time of the, uh, that they are impoverished, but they are greatly impoverished. Greatly. That means people are now beginning to die for lack of food. People now cannot cannot be attended to if they get sick. Forget it. Consider him as dead. Because there's no medicine. They have given a a hard time finding food. How much more medicine? So when the person gets sick in this moment, then consider that person dead. Because there's no way they can help the person that is sick. That is exactly what happened now and the situation in in, um, uh, in Israel in this moment verse number 6 and Israel was greatly impoverished and there's a cause to this the enemies of the people of God the Midianites and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord and the Lord in his usual graciousness the Lord answered and commissioned Gideon to act in his name and Gideon was was um, you know um, um, commissioned by God. Why? Because God, uh, God's people are calling for help. Lord, please help. And the Lord answered their call and answered the cry. The Lord answered the cry of the people. This is the lesson all the time. This is repeated. This is not just one occasion but this is a repeated cycle this is now becoming a vicious cycle people disobey the Lord and then they will cry because Satan comes in and and make them um, um, give them a lot of problem and trouble and then they cry unto the Lord and the Lord will send will raise someone to help and then they will become rich again and then they will depart the, from the Lord again and then they will go down again. And then they will cry again. And then the Lord will help again. Oh, this is, if you see in the book of Judges, the up and down, up and down, up and down. But again, this will tell us, my friend, that if we confess our sin, and we will return unto the Lord, and then the Lord will hear. Every single time when we come to seek the Lord, the Lord will undertake a blessing to fall upon us. When we come unto him. Uh, but again, we have to confess. We have to forsake. These are the conditions that God wants us to understand. In, in, in Proverbs 28, verse number 13. Proverbs um, 28, verse number 13. The Bible says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. My friend, our God is very merciful God. He is a known uh, God of mercy. But He requires all of us that as we come unto the Lord, we need to come and confess that sin. Confess that sin in Him. Confess it before Him. And He will listen unto us. And not just confess, but He wants us to depart from that sin. First, we come to confess it, and then we come to, you know, to 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 uh, talk to the Lord and promise to the Lord, Lord, by Your grace, I will depart from this from this sin, and that is what God said in um, Second Chronicles, chapter um, seven, verse number fourteen. Very common verse. The Bible says, "If my people, my friend, we are now God's people. I have no doubt that we are God's people because." Um, we cling unto the Lord and we seek the Lord every time. We come to church to seek the Lord. We, we, we read our Bible and we, we, we follow what God said in the Word of God. And I believe because we are God's people. We have the affinity of the Bible. We have the affinity of the Word of God because the Lord printed that Word in, in the tables of our heart. Not the tables of stones, but in the fleshly tables of the heart. God placed His Word in our heart. That's why when we see from the Bible, we, we endeavor, we strive to follow the Word of God. That's why I can, I can say with all, um, um, with all confidence that we are God's people. If my people, now if you are God's people, this is what God wants us to do. If my people, which are called by my name, you are a Christian today, and you are bringing the name of Christ in your life. Which are called by my name. The Lord Jesus Christ is now attached to your name. Do not mess your name up. Because God is involved in your life right now. If my people which are called by my name. Shall humble themselves. And pray. And seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. And will forgive their sins. And heal their land. God wants us to forsake to depart from that sin, you see, it's a beautiful story here of Gideon, and I think you will appreciate it uh, more if you if you read chapter six, chapter seven, and then part of chapter eight. You will see that whole story of the life of Gideon, and you will enjoy you will enjoy that. So Gideon here um, is again um, the topic this morning, which I believe um, timely for for our occasion and we will see here from verse number 11 again because it takes faith to hear and obey the call of God verse number 11 and there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak which was in opera that pertained unto Joash the Abish and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Again, as we think about this moment, as we think about the situation here of Gideon, wow, Gideon was just an ordinary person. He was an ordinary person. In fact, they were not known. They are not a family of politicians. They were not a family that uh, uh, that is moneyed uh, People are uh, Gideon was just a person that is so natural, timid and and unknown in the place. He was unknown. Because his family and his clan was poor. He belongs to a poor family of the tribe of Manasseh. So, no one, no one likes you know poor families. Most in our clans, the, the known uh, prominent people in our clans are those who have money and that is common because most of the people will run to that person in the clan that has money and they don't really have the same respect to that money person in the clan and compared to the poor people among members of that clan they will only respect the money people in the clan and this person belongs to a poor family of Manasseh Gideon knew that He was poor, his family was poor and Gideon really uh, when, when, when suddenly the Lord called upon him to be the deliverer to do some great service to the Lord I think it was a pleasing in his mind because of the task ahead and the capacity that he thinks calculate you know how much he's got he's, he has nothing he has nothing how can he run a, a campaign how can he how can he run a, you know a, a something to to rally the people behind him because these people do not even respect him and his family because they were poor gideon felt utterly unfitted. And worthy and ready for such a task that the angel mentioned about. It. it was not an easy task. In verse number 16, notice that verse number 16 he said, and the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. If some people, Midianite people, will come, maybe by a dozen. He's finished, he's, he's finished, he's done. And now the Lord is talking about hundreds of thousands and even millions of the Midianites that he will smite, he was he will fight against, and that is, you know, this is something that he could not grasp, he could not understand. How how can this can this be? How how the Lord will work this out? But again you can see that this. Young man, this timid and, 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 and unworthy person, when he learns that the the angel promised that the Lord will be with thee, that means he is going to fight this battle not by his own strength. He's going to fight this battle but using the treasury and the armory and the and the energy and the, and the, you know the weaponry of the Lord. And that is where. He wants to make this sure. He, he wants to make this sure. He, he, he doesn't want to step right ahead. He wants to make sure that this is really a good deal. He wants the Lord to fight this battle, and he will be there at the front. It's fine with him, but as, as long as the Lord is there to help him. So again, verse, verse number 14, you can find there that this uh, young man, he had that courage. He had that um, faith to take God at his word and to go, as the Bible says, in his mind. He's, go, he's going to use what the angel said. In my mind, I don't have any of my own, but I have the Lord in my heart and I think that will, that will do. And here Gideon, Gideon was happy to take on the job. He was just, in this moment of the meeting between him and the angel he was working for a living in a low key he was hiding um he was hiding from the Midianites. he was he was um, living, uh living he was uh, working for a living just like many of us many of you you know all of us perhaps working here in oakland we are, we are servants of God, but we are, we are working a trade in a low key. Many, many of us are carpenters. Many are on the trade and workers in factories. Uh, many of us are working in the offices. And again, we are doing menial jobs. We are doing tasks that you know uh, ordinary people would do. Just like Gideon. Gideon was doing the task himself. He was threshing wet in the wine press, hiding, because he doesn't want to fight. He was hiding from the enemy. And Gideon was waiting just for God's confirmation. When he learns that confirmation from the Lord, that the Lord will be with him to fight uh, against the Midianites with him, then he was waiting for that opportunity of confirmation. But again, my friend, to answer God's call in this task, it takes faith. It takes faith to answer God's call. I wonder if the Lord is calling a special task for you to do. I don't know what is that the Lord is calling right now. I do not know who among us ordinary people that the Lord will call to do, you know, the great task. We cannot do it by our own. We cannot do it by ourselves. We need the Lord. And the same as Gideon. Gideon was doing the task. In the might of the Lord's hand. In the in, in the power of, uh, of the Lord. But again, if the Lord is asking you to do something. Do it. In this thy might. As the angel said. Another thing that I want you to see about this faith of Gideon and it takes faith also to throw down first of all the altars rectify the wrong there is something wrong in your family in Gideon Gideon has a, has a problem there uh, with his own family notice in verse number 25 you can find the extent of this problem the extent of this problem of Gideon's family we learn of the uh, special commission which God gave to Gideon and what a challenge this was to his faith. Because he's going to fight against his family now. If the Lord will call you, for many occasions, you are going to fight first and foremost against your, your own brethren, against your own family. And it's happening, you know, many times also in the lives of so many servants of God. When they, when they answer the, uh, the call of God to service, the first person that will stop it sometimes are the parents. Sometimes are you know the relatives, the uncles, the aunties. Oh, why are you going to do that? Why are you going to Bible college? Why are you doing those things? You, you there's no money there. So the, the relatives will stop it. And there is a problem. In verse number 35, the Bible says there, and it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock even the second bullock of seven years old and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father had Oh, this is a problem because this means war in the family this means war in the home for Gideon to fight against his dad because it's, his dad was not an ordinary you know uh, 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 religious person He is extraordinarily important to this because he was the one who set this up. He was the one who exerted effort and perhaps all the ideas to set up this Baal worship was the idea of his dad. And now the Lord said to him, throw down the altars of Baal. It takes faith. It takes faith for Gideon to take the step. And throw down the altars as God commanded him. The Lord commanded him. Why this has happened? Why these people worship the Al now? They are Israelite people. They are people of God. Naturally they, Oh, many of us will say, Oh, these are people of God, but they are not. These are Jews. There are these are people who, who come to worship the Lord and yet they are God, they are not God's people. This is um even Gideon's dad Gideon's household Gideon's father and yet he's leading the worship of Baal he's not a people of God this is the time where Israel Israel's religious leaders were perhaps we call it now modernist the leaders of the religion became modern they are modern. That means that what was what was bad before they are bad no more. The the, the spiritual condition has changed. They they go along the flow. Oh, this is now the in. This is now the fad So they change the old path into the new modern way of thinking. New modern way of worship. New modern way of lifestyle. New modern way. So they became modernist. When they changed into modernness, that's where the problem came in verse number one. It grieved the Lord and it took many years before the Lord sent Gideon. And they suffered a lot. They suffered a lot, not just spiritually, they suffered spirit- uh, materially and everything. Uh, a lot of deaths came and happened in in this situation where the people, the Midianites people, they just come and the people of God has no protection because God lifted that protection. The hedge, the hedge was removed. You know what's the, the hedge? You know, the hedge is very important. It is not to put us in a cage. It is to put the enemy from getting in. When we have something in our church to protect the people, it is not us being curtailed. It is the bad elements from, you know, raking havoc inside. And that is what, you know, happened here when the people of Israel, the leaders of Israel became modernists, They changed a lot of things. Thinking that they are still worshipping that God, thinking that they are still doing service to god all those times they thought that they are doing service to god not knowing that god was hurt not knowing that god was grieved and they changed a lot and the lord was not pleased and that is the reason why they cried unto the lord and these people will just go and say oh i do not really know they're rich at that moment they were rich Uh, How do we know that Jehovah is the only real God? Because they are now affected by other people around them. Other people, when they intermingle with them and they understand their culture, they understand, oh, look at this, they are also serving God. They also worship God. But maybe we call our God Jehovah and they call their God Baal. I think they are the same. It's just the matter of uh, what kind of culture uh, who worship God. But no, they're not the same. And that, they're thinking about a little bit of doubt. God here that we worship, we just received this from our forefathers. And who knows really if that is right. And, And these people, look at them. They are. They are also serving God. They are also faithful. They cry to the Lord. They are. They are. They are experiencing miracles in their own religion. And they are. They were. They were. And look at them. They are very rich now, and we are poor. And after all, we have never seen our God. But these people, they saw their God because they made a statue of them. And 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 how do we really know that our forefathers were right? And in that. Uh, they said about our God and how, how can we test that? How can we prove that? We have only their word for it. What if they were mistaken? Oh, wow. This, and these people that speak these words are prominent people. People who are influential. And then, oh, yeah, and the young people and the next generation and then everyone will be like them and even worse. And then the problem, the Lord will look at that and frown from heaven. They made God to frown from heaven, and they will say, "Oh, we only have the word for it. Our forefathers might have been wrong in their in their very so they are so strict, they are so strict, and and they were so legalistic, and they were probably mistaken in all some of their steps. Perhaps some are are right, some also are wrong. But look at these people around us." Look at their magnificent temples. Look at their money. Look at them. So impressive. Their buildings. Look at the Catholic churches. Look at their buildings, the magnificence of their, of their um, um, structures. Look at the Hindus. Look at their golds. And look at other religions, not just here in New Zealand, all over the world. And how can you say that their god is a false god? No wonder these people despise us because we don't have our own building. We are poor. And look at them, they are rich. And we try to convince them to come join us because the Lord is so rich and the Lord is very the owner of all things. And then we don't have our own building. How are, how are we going to convince them that our God is a rich God when they are displaying the riches of this world that our church could not even... You know, compare, and these people in the in the congregation will think about this and think twice, and then yeah, I think I think we will we will say in mean, the middle. We cannot really uh, uh, you know advocate, or we cannot really openly say that our God is the only true God. We cannot say that because look at them, and then that is the slide. That is where the slide happens. No wonder they despise our own inferior looking religion. They call us religion, they call themselves religion, but we know that this is not religion. We have a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And our relationship is not to be taken as religion. You see, their church service perhaps are more solid than ours. They have nice sound system, and people there were so sober and behaved, and they're holy they walk through in the aisle of their churches and very solemn everyone prays, everyone you know, light the candle and uh, are very there be no doubting about the reality of their God. In their heart they know that what they worship even though it's a statue of someone they think that it is the real God. They think that they are worshiping the true living God. You see, And then these people in the church, the real church, the people of God, will think that why should we cling to the word own little faith? Why should we cling into our own belief system? Why don't we, you know, embrace everyone? We're equal. Oh, that is the big problem. Because the Lord will not accept it. And you see, certainly with now Gideon, is standing up for the Lord. It takes courage. It takes courage because first of first first of all, he is going to fight against his dad. He's going to fight against his family. He's already poor. His family is already poor, and now there is a big, uh, you know, faction um, in the in the home. But it certainly takes courage to break down that modern modern altars. And it means being unpopular. We become so unpopular when we denounce things like apostasy, when we denounce like things like, you know, uh, uh, salvation by grace. What? People, not, oh, we've heard that. We've heard all of that. that. That won't work no more. A lot of people heard of the gospel already and it Seems to them it doesn't work anymore. And it's getting harder and harder. We become smaller and smaller. And we become, you know, insignificant in the society. That is what exactly what happened to Gideon. But the good thing with Gideon, Gideon with God with him, he prevailed against all the people around him. And here, not just that the, the Lord, oh, it takes faith to obey the call of God, and it takes faith to obey God's call to, you know, uh, throw down the altars of Baal, but it takes faith also to build up the altars of the Lord. It's one thing to break it down, and it's another thing to build up something. We, he breaks down, he, he throws down the religion of his dad and now he's going to build up the altar of the Lord as what Gideon was commanded in verse number 26 verse number 26 notice here from verse number 25 Bible says and it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him take thy father's young bullock, and even the second bullock of seven years old and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father had and cut down the grove that is by it verse 26 my text and build an altar unto the lord thy god upon the top of this rock in the ordered place and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. Now, the Lord has instruction and step by step, step by step, all Gideon to do here because he has no might of his own. He is dependent upon God just like what we have right now. We are all dependent upon God. We have no might of our own. All we need to do is follow God step by step. By step. Do not do anything of your own. Do not imagine anything of your own. Follow the Lord in every direction. Because if you do by your own mind then you are finished. Because God has no part of it. Right here, He needs God. So God is, you know, Lord, what, what should I do? Okay, do this. Be, build the altar upon this rock, the, uh, the top of this rock. Do not put below the rock or, or beside the rock, just put it on top of the rock. And And, and, and in the ordered place, so this is now the step-by-step. Step. And, and take the second model. Do not use other animal. Do not use other animal because we have no freedom here. The Lord knows how to fight this battle. And everything has significance here. He wants to help you win. If you do it your own, then good luck. Try your best. And offer a burnt sacrifice. With the wood of the grove, now pick those wood. Those, remember the grove has not been broken yet. The, this is instruction before he he struck those structures. He, the Lord gave instruction. Once you flatten it down, you know there are woods there. Use the wood and make use that wood for the burnt offering. That's it. Burn sacrifice of wood of, gro- of the grove which thou shalt cut down. So it's not happening yet, it's going to be done, it's about to be done. And the Lord g- gave him instruction step by step. Then again, the Lord, when God saved his people, when God saved us, we were not just called to stop, you know. um Stop our worldliness? No, the Lord did not just stop us from our worldliness. But rather, the Lord wants us to start serving God in holiness.
1: Yeah.
0: When we turn from our sin, we do not stop right there. When we turn from our sin, we turn unto God. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: That is exactly what's happening to Gideon. Break down this altar, but do not stop there. Oh, do not rejoice and and and, and celebrate, oh I've done what God has told me to do. I have broken down the altars of Baal. No. The work is just halfway done. Because the work is throw down the altar but build God's altar. You see, even in our salvation, when we got saved, we got to serve. We got to serve the Lord, continue going on. Because God is calling us not to for worldliness, but He was going to start a life in us and serve God and the Lord in holiness. To separate us from the world and be separated unto the Lord. And that is where to complete that um, work of God in our lives. So it takes faith to do, to fight. And to, you know, repel and resist against all things that can, you know, displease the Lord. It takes faith to go against apostasy, to cast away worldliness in us, to cast away uh, uh, carnal things and carnal methods and liberalism. It takes faith because people are succumbed to that. A lot of people have tolerance to so many things that are intolerable to the Lord we tolerate a lot of things that we know, I know that the Lord does not tolerate and you see it takes faith to obey the call of God it takes faith to throw down the altars of Baal and it takes faith to build the altar of the Lord another thing, it takes faith to ask God for a sign it takes faith When he asked God for a sign, in chapter 6, verse 36 to 40, notice here, chapter 6, verse 36 to 40, And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, Behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor. And if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the earth beside, then shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said. And it was so, for he rose up early on the morrow, and thrust the fleece together, and rent the dew out of the Please, a bowl of full, uh, full of water. A bowl of uh, a bowl full of water. In verse thirty-nine, and Gideon said unto God, Let not thine an anger be um, hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleas. Let it now be dry only upon the fleas. Upon, and upon all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night. For it was dry upon the fleece only. And there was dew on all the ground. Now again, why I say this is it takes faith to ask for a sign. Because as you can see here, Gideon did not question God's reality. But rather, Gideon was Asking, Lord, if you really want me to deliver the people of Israel, show this to me. So his question, his sign that he asked from the Lord is not because uh, whether God does exist, but he asked God whether he will work with him. Whether God will use him. Because the existence of God is not a problem with him. He knows and he believes in God. And he believes in the miracle of God. So this asking of a sign is not about Gideon's doubting God's reality. But it's about the confirmation of this call. Because this is a big call to do the work. He knows already that God is real. Deep within his heart, he has no question about it. But to confirm whether or not he was commissioned by God, he asked for a sign. When God called me to preach... I have no question about God's reality because I know deep within my heart that God is real. But to to become a pastor, hmm, that is a big thing, Lord. Now, if you really want me, Lord, I will go. I will go if you want me. But now, Lord, I have no power to convince people. You be the power. You will be the one, Lord, if I will know that you call me if people will come to the church. And praise the Lord, people come to the church. It's not because of me, but because of the Lord. He is the one that plays people in the church. That is why that it confirms me, but when I ask a question, when I ask a sign, it's not because I doubt God. It's because I want God to confirm to me that He called me. Because that is important. Gideon is the same. He has no question about God's reality. He has no question about God's existence. But he, he, wants to, he wants God to confirm whether God is calling him to do the task. In verse number 36, the Bible says, And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said. So, the existence of God is not a, is not a question. But whether God will work with him. That is what he wants. And God answered by a miracle. My friend Gideon believed in miracles. Do you believe in miracles? I still believe in miracles. Because God does work by miracles. He he uses His power without showing Himself to us. Without showing His figure. Without showing His face. But the Lord our God still works through miracles. Another thing here. It takes faith to obey and hear the call. It takes faith to throw down the altars of Baal and build up the altars of the Lord. It takes faith to ask God for a sign and it takes faith to sign with a minority. This is an impossible task, but with God, nothing is impossible. Because the Lord will work mightily in, in the seemingly inferior group or people. The enemy was very clear. They were very powerful, and they are many, they are wealthy, they are stronger. And you see, the Midianites, is not just the Midianites, also the Amalekites, and also other places there, they, they, they just come together to, to, to um, wreak havoc in the life of God's people. Numerically, they are far greater than Gideon's army. Gideon only had 32,000 men. He only had 62,000 men against, I think, millions. Midianites, Amalekites, millions of them. And what is 32,000 against millions? But what a shock is this. When even the 32,000 that is really, really small in comparison to the enemy's number, the Lord told Gideon that you have to reduce that number. That's too many. 32,000 is too many. And then Gideon said, Oh Lord, because you said it's too many, then we will reduce it. So they will reduce it to 9,000 and still God shook his head no that's too many Lord this is 9,000 against millions and 9,000 is too many yeah it's too many and then he reduced it even further down chapter 7 chapter 7 you can find that chapter 7 verse number 1 to 3 Judges chapter 7 then Jerubal, uh, who is Gideon And all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vote themselves against me, saying, My own hand hath saved me. Verse three. Now, therefore, go to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, "Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from the Mount Gilead." From Mount Gilead, and there return of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remain, ten thousand. So from thirty-two slash minus twenty-two thousand, they're only left ten thousand. Then after that, in verse number 4 to 7, this is reduced even farther. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down into the water, and I will try them. for, For thee there, and it shall be, that of whom I say unto thee, they shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whomsoever I say unto thee, they shall not go with thee, the same shall not go with thee. So he brought down the people unto the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon Everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down um, upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lack, will I save you? And deliver the Midianites into thine hand, and let all the other people go, every man unto his place. You see, very small people. Millions against three hundred it's nothing. Three hundred is nothing. But again, the Lord gave Gideon the victory by the 300. The Lord has given him victory. But when God has given him victory, the Bible is telling us that do not even forget, do not ever forget the Lord your God who has given you victory. Because as you can see the light here of Gideon, it has a problem. When he won the battle. But what God is telling us here that this is not about the force of men, this is not about the might, this is not about the ability of men, this is about God's power. In 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 um Zechariah chapter 4, verse number 6. We see that because victories are never coming from man. Victories are coming from the Lord because the Bible says not by might nor by by power but by my spirit saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. He will use those you know seemingly small uh, and weak and and feeble and and frail and to confound the strong. God always does that. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, 1, Corinthians chapter 1 verse number 27 the Bible says, "But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and the things which are despised. And God hath has God chosen, yea, and things which are which are not, to bring to naught things that are. For what purpose?" Verse twenty nine that no flesh should glory in His presence. When you win the battles, remember that it is the Lord that has given you the victory. Do not take it upon your own self. deflect it back to the Lord. Give it back to the Lord the glory and honor. Lord, you are the one who gives me the victory. With everything that comes to us, the blessings of God coming to us, always give it back to the Lord. Lord, to God be the glory. Amen.
1: Amen. Because that
0: is that is the right uh, the, the right position of glory. Give it back to the Lord. Do not take it upon your own self. God said, Lest Israel should be tempted, afterwards to say, Mine own hand had gathered me this well. Mm. Mine own hand had saved me. God had to show uh, and, and manifestly uh, the power of his might. And God has given them his victory. It's because God promised to him the victory already. And the same thing the Lord will work with us today. When we have victory, all of you that have residency, praise the Lord. To God be the glory. It is because of the Lord that we have that residency. For all of you who are are saved by whatever problems, praise the Lord. It is the Lord who has given you the victory. And lastly, here, it takes faith to wield God's weapons of warfare. It takes faith. Because Gideon here, this is absurd. The enemies, they have spears and and chariots. The enemies, they have arrows and bows. But Gideon only had trumpets. Does that hurt? What can you do with trumpets to hurt, to, to hurt the enemy? Gideon only has jars. He only has torches. Chapter 7 of Judges, verse number 16. Notice here. This is again God's instruction because everything is the Lord. There's no way um, Gideon will do his own, you know, um, attack or plans or schemes. He could not have his own. He's waiting from God. Lord was the the next step. Lord was the next step. Verse number 16. And he divided the 300 men into 3 companies. Because God said this. Divide his men by hundreds. uh, and 3 companies. And he put a trumpet in every man's hand. With empty pitchers. And lamps within the pitchers. Verse number 19. Jump to verse number 19. Judges chapter 7 verse 19. And... So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch, and they had but newly set the watch, and they blew the trumpets and brake the pitchers that were in their hands, and the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow with and they cried. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. No one will say any words. That's the instruction. If someone will say another word. That is why I think God selected these people. Faithful men. Who will just follow what God said to Gideon. And will follow what Gideon said to them. Because if there is someone here that will mingle. And will create another sound. That will spoil it. So God is very strict in this step. All we need to do is follow his steps. Because the battle is his, not ours. Give it unto him. But if you want to do your battle, then try your best. Because God will, you know, will not be a part of it. But God here is very, very, you know, um, sure of how to win this battle. He knows how to win this battle. So therefore, Gideon has nothing of his own. He obeys God every step of the way. He said, blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and healed the lambs in their left hands and the trumpet in their right hands to blow with all. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place round right about the camp. And all the hosts Run. I don't know what what created that combination. I think God in that combination of sound and, and the preachers and all I think it created in the in the in the view of the enemies, it created something. Maybe they saw angels there and and, and, and circling swords and flaming swords. Well, who knows? Because the, the Midianites and all the people they ran, they fled. He said. And they stood every man in their place, ran about the camp, and all the hosts ran and cried and fled. They cried and fled. And the 300 blew the trumpets, and the Lord sent every man's sword against his fellow. Now they fight against each other. Midianites' army against Midianites' army. And they kill each other. And these 300, just watch. The 300 men, just watch. That's why God doesn't need thousands. Because God has always done this. Hold your peace, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. And they held their peace and they stood still and saw the salvation of the Lord. You see, 300 bloody trumpets. And the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow, even throughout all the host. And the host fled to Bethsheda in Sererah and to the border of abel Meholah, and to Tabath. They killed each other. Not one of the 300 men used their sword because they had no sword. God knows that you don't need sword. They had no no arrows and, and bows. Because God knows they don't need it. Because if they have one sword, they will all be killed. You have nothing against millions. But the Lord knows how to fight the battle. That is why we must be very careful on following the Lord's instruction. Now our church, who knows that our church can last another month? We don't know. We might be dissolved. But it is the Lord that will take us finally. All we need to do is follow the Lord. Amen. Because He knows how to take our church finally down the road. Do not create your own. Do not ever try imagining it. Because it's a horrible thing to put God aside because we have our own ideas.
1: Yep.
0: Follow, just follow because all of us should follow. From me, down the line, all of us should follow. From Gideon, down to the 300 men, all of them followed. God did not reveal his word to the 300 men. God revealed his word to Gideon, and Gideon passed it to the men. But thank God the men were so faithful. Those were fathers also. They left their homes. They left their household. And at the end of that, when they have the victory, their homes were not just blessed, but the entire nation got blessed because of these men who faithfully serve the Lord. All we need to do is be faithful to the Lord and stop imagining our own things because it will take us nowhere. But if we follow the Lord, the Lord knows how to take us. To our destiny, this power is in prayer. Our Father in Heaven, thank you, Lord, for this great reminder of Gideon. Oh God, what a blessing that David Gideon has no idea. Even the three hundred men, and thank, thank you, Lord, for the spirit of those three hundred men. Because if one of them question the the plans, if one of them begin to ask questions, I believe, Lord, a lot of people who supposed to question the idea left at the start. And you allowed it because you want these men that will fully trust the Lord and fully trust Gideon. When they shouted the sword of the Lord and of Gideon, why they included Gideon? Why they included the sword of Gideon? Gideon is nothing. But these men just Obeyed it. Amazing faithfulness. Amazing obedience. We cannot understand that there are men who will just follow God. Even in the most absurd ideas. But it's not absurd because it's coming from the Lord. It is foolishness to man but not to the Lord. Because the foolishness of man is righteousness to the Lord. And the righteousness of the Lord is foolishness with man. And Lord, thank you for the the example of the 300 men that just followed Gideon and did not question his leadership and his ways. And Lord, bless all of us that we will follow you, Lord, even in a a very uh, difficult um, situation, in a very difficult um, um, point in the church perhaps. What you seek, Lord, is your blessing. Bless, Lord, our men. Let our men be men. Let our men be leaders of the home. Sitting the path forward for the home. Leading the example. Loving their wives. Loving their children. And willing to die for their wives willing to die for their family and Lord thank you for the example of these people that we can see today because today Lord the world is now destitute of godly men our world today has lost godly men please Lord raise up godly men in our church that will solely and wholly follow you and your leading. And bless, Lord, our people. And thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for the great blessing that you promised to all of us that will obey you. Lord, once again, continue to um, speak to our hearts and continue, Lord, to um, speak to your people. and Change our ways, Lord, if there is uh, a necessity for us to change and continue to uh, pour your blessing upon each one of us in our household. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen.
1: Alright, let's all stand. we we'll sing our closing hymn. Take time to be holy. Four hundred fifteen. Four hundred fifteen. thank right. the time to be And our daily battles the heaven. We for the foods of for the Lord made a lot and these and services to come and services the Amen. Jesus Christ. Here we go, to lunch, sorry, it's Pupu's it birthday. Amen. Amen. Very cool. yeah. well, what day was it? Okay. Okay. All right, so we're we'll going sing happy birthday to Pupu. Ready, sing. Right. Happy birthday to